0: For a while, I was talking to this girl named Tori, and I really liked her a lot. Things didn't really work out in the end, but while we were talking, we'd talk like every night, over the phone usually, sometimes FaceTime. This was last July. We were in the middle of an extreme heatwave. I was playing FIFA with my friend Carl when my phone started ringing. It was Tori, almost right on time. I had come to expect a call from her every night around 9, so I told Carl that we'd play the second half later and to keep his console on. I picked up the phone and started chatting with Tori. She lives 20 minutes away from me, and it was a work night. So when she asked me to come over, I told her I wish I could, but I'd be down tomorrow. She told me how her parents had been gone all day, and she didn't know where they were. Her parents were an interesting couple. They weren't neglectful or anything, but they were very unconcerned. Like, they'd let Tori do whatever she wanted, basically, and not really ask her where she was or what she was doing. Plus they themselves would go out three nights a week to eat or hit bars or comedy clubs or whatever and it wasn't uncommon that they'd be gone multiple nights in a row. This was one of those nights. We were just BSing over the phone, talking about how neither of us wanted to go to school or work the next day, and a bunch of other boring stuff. Then she said she was going to go cook some pasta, and she'd call me when she's done. So during that time, I told Carl to hop back on FIFA, and we resumed our game. By the time the game was over, I was expecting Tori to call back at any moment. She didn't, though. Not for a while, at least. I tried FaceTiming her after a while, and the first call didn't go through, so after five minutes I tried again and she picked up. She was in her living room walking upstairs. As she picked up, she said she was confused, and I asked why. She said because the front door was open as she went down to the kitchen to make pasta, but her dad's car wasn't in the driveway so her parents weren't back yet. She kept acting all worried and scared, joking that someone's in her house and gonna kill her. I would laugh and mess with her, saying you're probably right, and she'd playfully tell me to stop. She got back to her room and was laying in her bed, and about a minute later, she remembered she left the pasta boiling for too long and she ran downstairs to the kitchen, leaving her phone behind. Her phone was left with the screen down and the camera facing the ceiling, so all I saw on the screen was her white ceiling and the colorful moving shapes and patterns from her little light projector. Then I heard Tori yelling angrily from downstairs, probably about her overcooked pasta, but along with that, there was a noise that seemed to come from inside of her room. I kept looking at the screen, curious now. My curiosity turned to horror when I saw a man's face appear in frame. But just for a second, and only like half his face, he looked directly at the camera, and I felt as though I made eye contact with him for a second. Then he disappeared again. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know her house phone number, and I couldn't scream for her to run, but with my TV in the background playing the FIFA main menu screen music, he surely knew someone was on the line with her. I was panicking. So without hanging up, I ran to get my house phone and called 911, telling them to get to Tori's address immediately because of a break-in and that I couldn't talk long given the situation. I brought the phone to my room with me without hanging up and picked up my iPhone again. It was around the same time Tori came rushing back into her room with a bowl of pasta steaming hot. She was still talking in her calm, sweet, innocent voice, apologizing for being gone too long. I didn't know what to do. That man might have been in her room, in her closet, under her bed. I wanted to warn her, but I couldn't without the chance of her being attacked. I tried to stall until the police got there, and I had the police still on the phone listening to my FaceTime call. I heard the 911 operator tell me to somehow get Tori to go outside. I was tasked with a seemingly impossible task without making it obvious. I knew if I tried to warn her in any way she'd freak out and make it obvious. So I told her calmly, go outside, Carl's outside in his car, he has your backpack. For the record, she left her backpack at my house. And I was pretending Carl was dropping it off. This worked. She got up, albeit slightly confused as to why he was dropping it off, but she put on her slides and went outside. This was when I yelled at her to run next door to her neighbors now, and that someone was in her house. She immediately freaked out and started crying, understandably. She pounded on her neighbor's door, who then got answered quickly. I drove over there right away after that, and by then police were there and inside the house. Unfortunately, this story didn't have a totally happy ending. That intruder made his escape before police got there, likely wise to the fact that police were coming. We locked all her doors before going to sleep in my place that night. A month later we stopped talking, because she found a better guy I guess. You'd think after this we'd have started dating the next week, that didn't happen. But recently we've been friendly again, just not the same. But aside from that, it really is so disturbing, thinking that he may have been under her bed or in her closet, listening to us. I wish I screenshotted his face when I had the chance. My best friend Casey and I usually go out together on the weekends. We're kind of inseparable most of the time. But there was this one weekend that I had COVID, and so I couldn't go out with her. She went out with our other friends Connie and Rachel. They went to this outdoor beachside bar that I'd wanted to go to but never had been. So I was obviously very upset and kind of jealous. Honestly, because of this, I was a little salty and not answering Casey that eagerly, or the other two for that matter. I went about my night watching stupid movies in my bed, sneezing all over the place and generally feeling like death. Eventually, I picked up my phone and realized Connie and Rachel had blown up the group chat, asking Casey where she was, and then asking me if Casey had texted me at all. I went to check my text from Casey, but she hadn't sent anything besides her last text that I ignored, so I sent a, hey, you okay, and it delivered phone was still on that's good the girls told me the last time they saw casey was when she was with some guy at the bar and that the next time they went back to where she was they were gone i told them to calm down that she was probably still with the guy though i would know more than anyone that it wouldn't be like casey to leave with a guy without saying something unless she was really really drunk i tried facetiming her and someone picked up but it wasn't casey it wasn't anybody actually it was just some dark room Whoever picked it up was clearly hiding off camera. Hello? I asked. Where's Casey? I asked over and over until the call ended. I started spamming Casey's number, blowing up her phone asking where she is, who has her phone, etc. Then, to my surprise, I was getting a FaceTime call from her number. I picked up, and this time there was a man's whispering voice on the other end. He claimed Casey was fine, that she came home with him, and now she was passed out in his bed. I asked him who he was, and he said they met at the bar. I tried to fact check this and ask what bar, and he said the right one. His story seemed to be checking out, but I asked him why he wouldn't show me his face and why he was whispering. He said it's too dark in the room, and that Casey was sleeping and he didn't want to wake her up. The first part of that answer made no sense. I told him turn on the light and show me that Casey's okay. There was silence for a second, and then the call ended. I told Connie and Rachel about this, and they were equally concerned. After blowing up Casey's phone some more. The guy answered with an address, and said, we're here, come pick up your friend. The location was some small looking house 15 minutes away. I told the girls, and by now they left to the outside of the bar so they could talk to me on the phone. They agreed something wasn't right, and that I shouldn't go to that address. I then remembered I had Casey's mom's number buried deep in my phone, so after finding that, I texted then called her, and she picked up, explaining Casey was in fact home, and had been for half an hour, crying but not explaining what happened. So I FaceTimed Casey's phone one more time, and it answered to the dark room again. I said hello a bunch of times, no response, so I threw out some bait and said, I'm on my way. And then the whispering voice replied from somewhere off screen, good, don't knock, just come right in. Then I reeled the bait back in and said, I know you're not with Casey, I'm calling the police on you right now. And then something I didn't expect happened, and it freaked me the hell out. In a split second, the phone was picked up off wherever it was sitting and all I saw in frame was this ugly, creepy looking man, looking into the camera. He was smiling this insanely wide smile, and his eyes were open as wide as could be. It's as if he was trying to make as scary of a face as possible. I hung up because I couldn't look at it. So Casey was leaving the bar with the guy she was with, and they got into what she thought was an Uber, but the driver and the guy she met were acting weird, and she found out that they knew each other somehow. Suspicious it was a trap, she got out of the car the first chance she got. But she didn't have her phone on her anymore. She borrowed some random person's phone to call her mother to pick her up. Casey and her mom called the police, and I met them at the house address that was provided via text. I met them there, but didn't get close to anyone to not get them sick. Casey's phone's last location on Find My iPhone was indeed at that house address. So police knocked on the door, and no one answered. There wasn't anything they could do, but they suggested to call 911 again in the morning and knock again then. And that's what they did. And the next morning, an older man answered and claimed he didn't have anyone's phone, nor did any young men live in this house, nor did he know anything about the entire story. Casey says he might have been the driver in the car, but she can't tell for sure. There was not much else that could be done. Casey's phone was off, and the last location was never updated again. Do we know for a fact Casey dodged a bullet? Yes. Do we know what that bullet was? Hell no. No. One night I was home alone with my brother. It was during a snowstorm in January. My parents were both away. My little brother was in his room doing whatever while I was playing League of Legends on my computer. I get a knock on my door, and my little brother asks if I can drive him to his friend's house. I agreed to, only because I have a Pathfinder which does well in those snowy and icy conditions. Plus his friend only lives about 5 minutes away. So we left, and I was back within literally 15 minutes. I entered the house as I left it, quiet and empty. I went back to playing League on my computer. I facetimed my friend Jay who was also playing. I would always do this and lean my phone on my monitor so it would be facing me and I could see the screen. This went on for a solid hour or two before I heard a sound from downstairs and I assumed my little brother got a ride back, or hell I assumed it was maybe our cat. I didn't go down to check though. A few minutes later when I least expected it, Jay suddenly said, Mark I think your brother's sneaking up on you. I turned around but didn't see anyone. What are you talking about?" I said, and he said he saw him peering around for a second from behind the wall. Now to explain the layout of my room a bit, my bedroom is aloft, and there's a dividing wall that separates the stairway from the rest of the room. That wall was where Jay was claiming to have seen my brother peeking at me. So I called my brother's name, and he didn't answer. I went over to check the stairway, and he wasn't there either. I wasn't sure if Jay was joking around or not at first, so I pressed him, and he kept saying he wasn't lying. So I left my room to check the rest of the upstairs. I checked my little brother's room first. His lights were out and his door was shut. So maybe he wasn't home. I checked my parents' room. And then the spare bedroom. Also nothing. Plus, the front door to the house was still shut and locked. So at that moment, I was thinking Jay was trying to scare me or he just was seeing things. Then I realized our cat Sunshine wasn't anywhere to be seen and maybe she was the one who made the noise. I went down to the den and found her hiding in the corner behind one of the couches. That was odd behavior for her, and it made me more paranoid. Then I heard something. And you know when you're in a dead silent room with someone else, you can just hear their movements. Like the slightest thing even, just the sound of the cloth of their clothes rubbing on something. I heard that slightest bit of sound from behind the sectional couch in the corner of the room. I stood up and got just one step closer, and I heard a slight exhale. It was quiet, but audible enough for me to hear it. I didn't run. I walked upstairs to the kitchen, grabbed the phone, went to my room, locked the door, and called 911. Jay was still on the FaceTime. I kept him on and let him listen to my call with 911. The police arrived very quickly, and I opened the front door for them. Where are they? The first thing they asked at the front door, and I told them downstairs in the den. The police started shouting, making their presence known. And I didn't see it happen, but they found the intruder with his hands up behind the couch in the same spot I heard him. It was a white male in his mid-twenties. He had a large blade in his pocket that God only knows what he was planning on doing with. Thank God he didn't hurt our cat while he was down there. Sunshine hiding all scared like that also may have made me stop and listen for that five seconds that I did. Being on FaceTime with Jay like that also probably saved my life. I think the guy saw or just heard me on FaceTime with my friend and didn't want to witness to anything. Him hiding in the den like that instead of leaving makes me think he was planning on waiting until everyone in the house was asleep. This was my fault for not locking the door when I dropped my brother off, which I used to do because we live in a cliché safe neighborhood, but no one's ever really safe. My family was all appalled, but proud of me for how I handled the situation. The intruder's name was Richard Taylor, and he was sentenced to seven years in prison.